Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for subscribing to 28 Days of Glory, daily segments of biblical principle taught by the right Reverend LaVon and Reverend Selena Breland. Well, good evening. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. It's another time to study the Word of God systematically. We're going to do so tonight. We're going to continue our study on the uh, Bible Scholars Boot Camp. And um, the Lord impressed me to expand it a little bit and to go a little more in-depth and give you some more um, pointers on really making the most out of your biblical studies. And so bear with us as we go through this. On um, Saturday, on the last teaching, it got cut off, so there's a portion of teaching that we need to uh, kind of revamp a little bit and go over and review. But we're going to get into some new information in the next few days and really put a big puzzle together and bring out to what I believe um, is going to be a great thing. So before I pray, make sure you let someone know that we're on the air. Give me one second. All right, well, let's get into the Word of God, and uh, let's continue uh, our study on the Bible Scholars Boot Camp. I, you know, I was kind of contemplating on whether I want to go to another subject or not, but I think the Lord wants us to uh, complete some things in here that I think is going to help you understand the Scriptures a lot better. Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we praise you and thank you for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made me rejoice and the glad. We thank you for another opportunity to worship you in spirit and in truth. It's the apostle of your word that gives me confidence to make boldly known the mysteries of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I do lean in the temple of the Holy Spirit and stand in and die. They give me clear articulation of speech and deliberation of thought. As I make manifold known the wisdom of God, Holy Spirit, I say, have your way. Do what only you can do. Anoint the people's ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. And Father, everything that shall be accomplished and revealed, you be glorified for it. It is in the name of Jesus that we do praise you and give you glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Bible Scholars Boot Camp. And we're on part three breaking the code. Breaking the code. There is a code to Scripture, and we must learn how to crack the code. Um, everybody doesn't have the code, and as a result, you have many different ideas and and um, positions about how valuable the the ancient text is. However, you as a believer, when you accept Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you enter into a covenant that you must you must find out at through personal pursuit of uh, what it is. Now, I promise you, tonight's lesson you don't want to miss because. It's not only going to be some in-depth understanding, but some practical things that you can do as Christians to uh, engage into growing your 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 spiritual complex, you know. And ultimately, that's our objective, to grow our spiritual complex so that we can embody the convictions necessary to convey with confidence our confirmation of the gospel through the Lord Jesus Christ. The greatest evidence that you can have as being a Christian is not just competency of the Scripture, but the character of Christ. 
that, that causes you to live and have your being. So I think it's important that as we as we embark upon this, we um, not only um, just gain a whole lot of scriptural things that we can do to become competent, but always keep him as the, as the core behind our conviction, Christ as core. Amen? Now, um, we left off with reviewing an important scripture because Jesus gave a parable, and he said, if we didn't understand this parable, we wouldn't be able to understand any other parables, all right? So I think it is important that we start with breaking the code with this. Parables were teachings that were used, that were created, images that were created to pay attention and convey a message that had deeper meaning than the illustration that was given. And so Jesus often preached or often communicated in parable to his disciples so he could draw their minds and allow their minds to, to, um, to, to navigate themselves through um, through two answers that would be, once they realize, would be affirmed in their conscience because of the process. Part of the reason why I entitled uh, the lesson Breaking the Code is because God often takes us through processes to get to the promises that he has for us. Because there's an appreciation that, that is developed when you go through a process. And, and, and no one uh, really appreciates the process but the person that goes through it because that's where they really develop their character. Men look on the outward appearance. God looks on the heart. And the heart can only be examined through processes. That's why we guard it because out of it flows the issues of life. And what we place in our heart and how to prepare our heart to receive God's word is important. So in the parable of Mark Matthew 13, you can also refer to Mark 4 and Luke 8. The parable of the soil is one of the most powerful parables that you can learn because it deals with how people receive the word of God. And when we talk about becoming scholars of the scripture, uh, what, what that provokes is us to take a greater and a more a superior, sophisticated um, system of support and, and, and strategy to learning God, to learning God, that the greatness of God demands us to have a sophisticated, superior system than the world's way of navigating themselves through finding out their spirituality, if they pay attention to it at all. So what we're doing ultimately is breaking codes. Now, um, to not get overly involved, let's, let's look at um, this parable of the soil. The same day Jesus went out of the house and sat down by the side, a great multitude gathered unto him so that he went onto a ship and sat, on the, um, sat, sat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore, and he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a soul went forth to sow, and when it sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came up and devoured them. Some fell upon some places where they had not much earth, and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of the earth. 
And when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. Some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them. But others fell upon good ground and brought forth food, fruit, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. Who have keep um, who have ears to hear, let them hear. And then of course you know the disciples come uh, to him and ask him, Why do you speak in parables? And he said, Because it is given us you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it is not given. So um but uh, uh, verse 12 is very key, and I've done a whole series on mysteries from this one verse. For whosoever hath, hath to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not from him shall be taken away even that which he had. Therefore speak I unto them in Proverbs, because seeing they see not and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand and in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which saying, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For the people's hearts is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes have been closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should stand and under, should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I shall heal them. So here, this process has to change. There's a lot of people that look into the scripture that have no understanding as to why things consist. And as a result of the way they perceive or their spiritual perception has not gone through um, and, not, and not have the ability to break the codes of the scripture. And so tonight we're going to introduce the scripture as covenant. A concept that I think is very important for us to understand. Now, uh, uh, we have in, in, the, in the past talked about the way we approach Revelation, that, we, that when you really are existing in Revelation, you have, number one, a classification, right? And then you, from that classification, you, understand, you define what God, what's not God. And then from there, you have preparation where you begin to learn why things are of God and why things are not of God. And then from that, then you meditate and see how this applies to you. And from that, then you also go through the process of interpretation because things may apply to you and things may not apply to you, but you still should know. And then from there, you'll get illumination that can only come from the Holy Spirit. And through that illumination, it gives you inspiration. And then we went to First Timothy and gave you also uh, in the scriptures, 1 Timothy chapter 3. And in 1 Timothy chapter 3, we talk about how, verse 16, we talk about how all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Why? Because it's a revelation from God. Right? And the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, um, I'm sorry, also, and, and it's profitable for Doctrine, reproof, correction, instruction, and righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, which means mature, thoroughly furnished, unto good works. Which lets you know you've got to have access into this, 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 this bond of knowing what God is talking about. This is not easily accepted. And that's why um, it's a delusion 
for preachers uh, who feel in the sense of the call of God to develop complete confidence in going to a secular school and hearing from scholastic uh, leaders and influences and expect to get a spiritual experience. I already read to you the scripture in Corinthians that uh, we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is up from God, that we might understand that which is freely given us of God. In Second, First um, uh, Corinthians chapter two, verse twelve. And then I also gave you that the natural man cannot obtain the things of God. Neither does he know them because they're spiritually discerned. So uh, when we say that, we're not saying that just to uh, attack secular vocations, uh, and they, but they give a good they give a good attempt at least. They may give you a little competency, but they're not going to give you revelation. And and you as a Christian, you may not be a preacher, so I don't want to leave you out. You need to make certain that the system that you have to develop your spirituality is really defined. You because a lot of people say, Yeah, I'm gonna go back to church and going to church don't mean that you doesn't mean that you're getting what you need in order to be a spiritually uh, a, a scholar or a boot camp, or a Bible scholar. And I have went to churches where they have condemned and condoned spiritual ignorance by not uplifting the importance of knowing the scriptures. The strongest voice of God is the written word of God. The strongest voice of God is the written word of God. Because we know it has proved itself through the passages of time, the work that we apply. Anyone who looks intently into the perfect law of liberty is blessed in his deeds. That's what James wrote. Right? So so we have to be not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Or else we're what? The scripture says we're deceiving ourselves. And if you go to a system and you're designed to become a Bible scholar, and you don't have Bible scholars as leading influences shaping the process, then, then you're working against yourself. Hallelujah. And you're working against the plan of God, of the plan of God for you to know the things of God. And so something has to break. Either the barriers of bad habits or the boundaries that you place upon yourself or 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 you got to have the courage to develop a new beginning. Which, which means you got to really look into what it will take to um, to really enhance and develop a great biblical worldview. A biblical worldview is a scholastic, strategic strategy implemented in every area of your life to align with God's word um, as final authority. Meaning, at the end of the day, what God has to say about the matter. We'll go over my opinions, we'll go over my objectives, my um, um and my actions of affection. Am I right about it? So and and I will hold his standard as the only way. That's really what God having God's word as kind of authority is. And and prayerfully you take your notes because some of this stuff is coming straight from the Holy Ghost, other stuff is, is outlined and that wasn't in my outline. But I do want to give you some things because I often I want you to understand that the parable of the soil indicates that there is a condition of the heart 
in order to receive things from God, and the heart must be secured in good in a good environment in order to retain and to and reproduce the what is being what is being developed in it. So if the word of God is going to take place and take evidence in your heart, you're going to have to really be scrutinized the environment in which the seeds are being cast. But some people, they're not even going to places where seeds are really being cast. And that's why we're saying, hey, develop a classification and then have a preparation, then do a meditation, and then ask the Holy Spirit to give you interpretation and illumination so you can have an inspiration, so you can be, you can develop doctrine, right? Is, is that, go back to First Timothy chapter three. See, I'm trying to connect the dots so that we can we can learn from this and grow. But Second Timothy chapter three says what? So that you can have doctrine, you can have reproof that means accurate knowledge. Uh, of what's right. You can have correction and instruction in righteousness so that you can be mature and, and be equipped with everything you need to establish the common good that God has for you in your life. So this is so faith is a self pursuit. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And to faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God so the things which are seen were were, were not made by things which you enter. And without faith, we know it's impossible to please God. Anyone that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a reward of them that diligently seek him. So you have to engage the seeking process. That's the only thing that God does not assist you with. Those who seek him, they find him. Those that not, doors of opportunities are open. Those that ask, he gives the answers to. That's what he guarantees as being God and being Savior. Amen. Let there are, um, write down these five things. Correctly, number one, correctly handle the word of truth. Correctly handle the word of truth. Uh, and these are just things that you can do to ensure and uh, to engage the breaking codes, the breaking of codes. Correctly handle the word of truth. If the word can be rightly divided, it can be wrongly divided. Number two. Concentrate on the author and the finisher of the faith, which is Jesus. Concentrate on Jesus. See what it took to get Jesus on the thing to correct everything and to complete everything. Right? And you'll understand that as time goes on. He's the ultimate message of the scripture. Thirdly, cast light on the renewal of the mind. And, and, and the emphasis that the scripture gives to approaching things for Fourth, as it pertains to your spirit, with a good perspective. Now, a lot of things have happened in your past to distort that good perspective. Glory to God, I am finished with this. I already know. But if, if things have happened to distort your perception, then, then you have to go purify. And that's the renewal process. That means you've got to no longer conform to the things that happen but be renewed by the transforming power that comes from Christ. By, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good and acceptable. So you've got to provoke yourself to engage what is good versus what you got. You know, because a lot of times people have, have went out to pursue things pertaining to Christ, but they approached it wrong. And as a result, that good, that good and acceptable factor doesn't take place because they're still going and using the old mechanisms to bring about change and it doesn't work. 
And um Amen. So um correctly handle the word of truth, concentrate on the author and the finish of the faith, ultimate message of the scripture, cast light on the renewal of the mind as the scriptural as the spiritual and scriptural starting point. Consider not secular connotations. <laughs> Right, because the, the natural man does not obtain the things of God, neither does he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Amen? And I want you to keep that in the forefront of your mind when you're dealing with, um, when you're dealing with understanding Scripture. If you could have gotten it in the world, he would have never saved you. So, and, and you should always make note of that when you go into any institution that is secular, and you got some atheist trying to teach you the Bible. <laughs> it's just stupid, <laughs> you know. But but anyway, if it doesn't work for them, why would you listen to somebody that it doesn't work for them? They don't believe in it. Why would you go through them? And, and you know, some people like to play devil's advocate and stuff, and that's that's just a manipulation of the mind as well. We don't have to we don't have to contrast darkness with light, um, you know, because light rids itself of darkness automatically. And that's that's the that's the um, problem with the church now. We don't really, we don't really rid ourselves and, and consider not secular connotation. And then we need to finally cling to the Holy Spirit. And as you, as you heard me in all the teachings on Bible scholars, teach that 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 um, the Holy Spirit is what enables us to live the Christian life. But it is also the it is also the intelligence of God. God. Uh, emphasizing his spirit, connecting us uh, uh, to Christ and conforming us to his nature, all plays a part in his intelligent scheme or his intelligent strategy to, uh, to, to connect us with what he wants us to know. And he has no problem in us knowing the knowledge that we need to have in order to live confidently in this life. All right, now, let's go into practical. I'm going to give three practical principles. I'm going to emphasize one, and, I, I'm, I, and I'm going to hit some people with this, and, and then I'm going, to, I'm going to go to another section of the, of the lesson, okay? And then we'll start that section, but uh, uh, we'll have to pick it up tomorrow, okay, because it's a lot of information. All right. Now, practical principles you should create to get the most out of Scripture. Number one, these are three basic things. Select a place of worship that has a high regard for the knowledge of the Scriptures. Select a place of worship that has a high regard for the knowledge of Scripture. Not the releasing of the emotions. A lot of times what happens, you go to these churches, they don't have no membership class. They don't have no Bible courses. The pastor's not preaching from the Bible. You don't know whether it's the Bible or not. You you may be in the wrong church. You know, and even in these modern churches, a lot of them are, 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 um, are, are congregational sensitive, so they use practical terminology and Certain things you need to decode. You need to go through a process. And, you know, we we grow in the knowledge. Let, let's go to a scripture right quick. Let's go to Peter. 
Let's go to the, the epistle of Peter, first epistle. And see, in the New Testament, the, the apostles, when they wrote to us, they told us about these things. <laughs> they told us that, that there would be people that are set on giving you an alternative that is not um, that is not advantageous and not beneficial for you to receive. Now, this is this is coming straight from the Holy Ghost because He's telling me some things about about this. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna run these three principles, and then we're gonna we're gonna get into um, the codes in the next lesson, please. Because he, he, he took my attention here for a reason, and I know when the Holy Spirit does that, there's something that has to be said in order to qualify. Let's go to Second Peter, Second Peter, and let's go to the first chapter. And I, if you have a good Bible, uh, I'll read this and then we'll back up to verse 1. Let's look at the bottom of the chapter. Because it says um, in my in my Bible, it categorized verses 19 through 21 as the certainty of the scriptures, and that's what I'm talking about here. Because before you should not engage into anything spiritually without identifying its classification spirit uh, scripturally. You should not engage into anything spiritually without identifying its classifications scripturally. And too many people, they think they can just get it. You know, they get saved and they go into, yeah, I'm spiritual. No, you're not. You can't be spiritual unless you're scriptural. You don't know nothing about the scripture. And depending on, you know, some and sometimes we confuse the attention getter with the with the access to the classroom. And so, you know, you get saved and you get born again and you go to this church that you, you it just got your attention, that doesn't mean that you got access to the classroom to get the information. They just got your attention. You needed Jesus. And we and appreciate places like that that you go to meet Jesus. But you got to ask yourself and, and and this is this is the this is the interesting thing about the navigation of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit enables us to live the Christian life. We have to have confidence automatically approaching the things of God it, that the Spirit of God is going to direct and create atmosphere, and He will, and He has. Um, uh, and some things, and you know, some some starting points are not set places. You know, so you have to you have to ask God, where is your set place to learn the things of God? Because God wants you to know some things, but you can't approach it. You can't approach it if they don't have a high regard for the Scripture. Because nothing should be done spiritually if it can't be classified scripturally. <laughs> All right. So he said, so we have a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well to take heed as unto the light that shineth in the dark place until the day dawn and the 
and the day star arrives in your heart. See, the scripture always has to deal with your heart. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scriptures is of any private interpretation. I'll get into that, but I don't want to say this. For prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but as holy men of God spake, and they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So everything involved in the scripture um, and the accuracy of the scripture is, and the preservance of the scripture through prophetic utterances and through the Holy Spirit and through Christ all deals with the heart. And, and this is all navigated through the Holy Spirit, as that scripture says. Now go back to verse 2. Grace and peace be, um, and we're in Second Peter, grace and peace be multiplied through the knowledge of God. See, the, the peace and the grace of God is, is multiplied through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according to his divine power, who have given us all things that pertain to life and godliness and the knowledge of him, that have called us to glory and virtue, whereby we are given to exceeding great and precious promises, that, that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world, uh, uh, that is in the world through love. And besides this, giving all diligence to add to your faith virtue, virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and the temperance patience, and the patience godliness, and the godly brotherly kindness, and the brotherly kindness charity, which means love. Things being you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be bearing nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and forgot what manner of forgot that he has been purged from his old sins. Wherefore, um, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your callings and elections sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. So this selection of the place of worship that has a high regard for the knowledge of the scripture is important so you can grow. It's important for you to grow. And if they don't regard the knowledge of the scripture, you're in trouble. <laughs> and you need to really evaluate how you're benefiting from that engagement, that process. All right. So what I'm telling you to do is ask yourself, uh, well, start this process by, and I've expounded on this first point, which I normally expound on all three, but I'm not. Um, Number one is take notes in your church. Take notes in your church. Date them. Organize them. Get you a nice notebook. Don't have them tacky. Go back from January. Now, if you miss a church every Sunday and stuff, you can't keep good track records of what's being said. You get what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm talking about make a decision to go to a church that has a regard for the scriptures and take notes. And then train yourself to review those notes at, at least once every quarter. Every quarter, every three months, you need to take the time that you go back over and read. And you got to ask yourself some real questions. Ask yourself, list what you learned and how you applied what you've learned to your life. Now, see, if you're doing this every year, and this is about examining yourself to be whether or not you're in faith, if you can't do this to the place that you're going, then you, and you can't write down the scriptures and the points that are being made that you should be applying to your life, then you're in the wrong place. 
you know, you go there, yeah, the preacher did a great job. What did he say? I don't know. Oh, that man sure preached. That person sure teached. What scripture they came from? I don't know. My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge because they reject knowledge. So they have a system of respect to, 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 to take what is being said and apply it to your life. Because what you're, what you're hearing is not working if you're not applying it. Okay? This, this, so, number one, under um, point one, take notes in church, train yourself to review what you know, and write down what you learn every quarter, keep a log. The third, take every Bible class and course you can until you're confident in personal, consistent, devotional discipline. Meaning, you know, some, some people, they, their churches have Bible studies and Sunday school and they have, you know, courses, and you don't take anything because you think Sunday is enough. Well, if you don't know your scriptures to where you can memorize verses and, 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 and to, to be able to communicate scripture in, in common language to where it's accurate <laughs> and somebody can actually apply it to their life from your conversation, then you need to take as many classes as you can to develop competence in the scripture. And and don't say, oh, just because you're there, you got it. No, you don't you're not you don't just go to a church and sit down in a church week after week and don't or don't evaluate whether this stuff is really working. That's a waste of your time. And God ain't interested in the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. And he already told you in Matthew 13. The word not have an effect on your heart. Don't just it don't affect the um, um, the people that it doesn't involve. It affects you. And he said there's going to be people that are always hearing but never perceiving because they refuse to be converted and they re- refuse to regard the value of the word that they're hearing. Okay. So then you want to track questions. So we said. Take notes in church. Train yourself to review. Take every um, take every Bible course you can, and then track questions you have, and ask them to spiritual authority. Now that might be something in your church because you got these churches now that you go to, and and they don't have nobody there that can really answer your questions. Then why are you there? Don't don't ever get lost in a crowd. If they have a program, go through the program. Now, see, some people, it don't matter what size church you go to, because there's some big churches that people go through the program. Um, they don't go through the programs, but they attend the churches, and they have great curriculums, but because you don't involve yourself, you can be in a good place and still don't get what God has for you because you're not taking the time to really track the questions that you have with spiritual authority. And then target, then simply target areas in your life that you, that what you've learned through all of these things, to take your notes, to training yourself to review those notes, to take in every Bible course you can for tracking those questions down and targeting areas, take all of that, put it all together, and every year ask God what he wants you to do next. Because often people get involved in these churches and they stay there 
for the wrong reasons, and as a result, their 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 scriptural appreciation and illiteracy is 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 depleted, and God can only convey his supernatural abilities and influences with the competent scriptural competency you know. So see if you abide in him and his word abides in you can ask and it will be given you. You see? So you got to do that. Amen? Amen, 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 amen. All right. So I gave you five things. The second the second point, that was the first point. Select a place of worship that has high regard for the knowledge of the scriptures. The second thing was set a space for personal growth and scriptural competence. And then, uh, you know, so set a space. So you got to do this on your own. Just like you did that process in the church, you need to do that in your selective. Every three months, go back and see how what you prayed about, what you studied on your own, as a result, now some some of you need to use the notes that you started in church and complete them at home. Don't get no other book until you master the message at the church that God told you to be at. You get what I'm saying? Because a lot of times you got saints that go and get um get things in 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 from other people and other sources. They ain't learned the lesson that God has sent them in the set place. Well, all right. So before you get to the secret place, you need to be in a set place. <laughs> okay, that's what I'm telling you. All right. So set set a space for personal growth in the scriptural um, and scriptural competence, and go through the same process. Those five steps: take notes, train yourself, take every opportunity, track questions and target areas in your life. Do the same thing with your um, that you do with your 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 place of worship, with your personal growth and scriptural competence in your private moments. And that's a daily time that you give to God, and that should be done every day. Now, we do this in February to kind of help you define what you should be doing on your own. I start out with a vision statement, and I go in the foundational area that every believer should have each year. And we go over these principles over and over so that you, as as a believer, to have some type of guideline to go back and reference of how this applies to your life. And then you search for further meaning through encounters with the Holy Spirit. Now, once God can trust you at your place of worship and your personal devotion, then he'll, pro- he'll provoke encounters of the Holy Ghost where God will take you to places that only the Spirit of God could have connected you to, and you'll do the same thing, but it may be shorter because it's encounters. It's encounters with the Holy Spirit that that are that are given in moments in time that He He transforms your thinking in His presence. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 So when you I'll leave you with this: when you're going to read the Word of God and study the Word of God, you got to study with a purpose. All right, you got to. Ask yourself, who wrote the scripture? Who said it? Who are the major characters? Who are the people mentioned? To whom is the author speaking about? Whom is he speaking of? And whom is he speaking for? Right? You got to ask yourself the great who. 
Then you got to ask yourself the great what. What are the main events? What are the major ideas? What are the major teachings and things? What are these people like? What does this talk about most? What is his purpose in saying these things? Then you got to ask yourself the great when. When was it written? When did this event take place? When will it happen? When did he say this? When is he going to do it? Is he go- you, you get what I'm saying? You're going to ask yourself the great when. Then you're going to ask yourself the great where. Where was it done? Where was this said? Where was, will it happen? And then you ask the hardest question. Why was the, there a need for this to be written? Why was this mentioned? Why was there so much little space devoted to this or so much space devoted to this particular event or teaching? Why was this reference mentioned? Why should they do such and such and apply this to life? And then also you want to ask yourself how. How is it done? How did it happen? How this truth illustration should be treated? How does it matter? Amen. And when we do that, we read with a purpose. And the scriptures open up the access to codes. And in the next lesson, we're going to get more into what are these codes. And I'll give them to you. Um, We have the covenant code. We have the context of cultural codes. And then we have the Christ factor code. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, there's never enough time to, to search the greatness and the power of your word. But there is power when we provoke ourselves to seek you for ourselves, help us, Lord, in this process to engage into deeper meanings and the search for greater insights and truth on who you are, why you wrote what you wrote and preserved in the scriptures, so that we can truly be spiritual through being scriptural. Help us, Holy Spirit, to redefine what we call your spirit based on what was stated about you first introduced to us through the scriptures and give us a high regard and confidence in the scriptures that has never failed because you have never failed. Father, we thank you for the privilege of being able to seek you because those that seek you find you in Jesus' precious name. I trust that whatever you set your hands to do, you will do because we is he that's within you than he that's within the world. The Bible tells you in Romans 10, 9 and 10 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Would you repeat after me? I confess with my mouth. I believe in my heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised Jesus from the dead. I thank God for the work that he did for me. At Calvary. Now you're born again, but we're going to pray that you become acquainted with the Holy Spirit that enables you to live the Christian life and that God would seal you to the day of of redemption through Christ Jesus and that you will have evidence for your faith as you walk it out each day by confidence and the awareness of the Spirit of God that enables you to live that life in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Lord, I'm out of time, but never out of contact. God bless you and good night.